Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole bennett Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Hi, Cara. Hi, Vanessa. We have a very exciting topic for today, which is as evergreen as it gets. And the topic is sleepovers. I have an admission to make. Is it an admission or a confession? Let's see. I really don't enjoy it when my kids have people sleeping over and I never have. I am married to someone who not only doesn't enjoy it when people sleep at our house, but doesn't understand it when our kids want to sleep at theirs. He's like, the whole ritual is beyond him. And I'm married to someone who did not like sleeping out when he was a kid. Like he found other people's families and other people's homes strange and would inevitably call his very wonderful parents to come pick him up in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night in Liverpool. Yes, which is actually quite different than the middle of the night in other places in the world. Should I explain why I don't love sleepovers before we get into the larger conversation? Yeah, let's frame it that way. Okay. So I have a very particular way of running my house and running my family. And like my kids are pretty good at falling in line with my vision of how things should go. Obviously not perfectly because a la our conversation about towels on the floor and 
clothing everywhere. Although I will say my 12-year-old called me into his room the other night and was like, mom, watch this. And he picked the towel up from his carpet and walked into the bathroom and hung it on the hook. And I was like, oh my God, I feel so much better. (laughs) And he didn't even listen to our episode. And he definitely did not listen to our episode 100%. So I don't love the sense of chaos that ensues when there are other kids sleeping in my house, even though I know that it's really lovely for my kids to have friends over and it's fun and exciting. And at different ages, it means different things, but it's not my first choice. Do you care if your kids have people sleeping over? So like I said, I'm married to someone who doesn't really like having people sleep over here and I love it. I'm shocked because you want more order than I do. I do, but I've always fantasized that I would have the hangout home. And the closest I get <laughs> oh, is the sleepover. Keep fantasizing. Keep fantasizing. <laughs> My house is not the hangout house. It's not the hangout house because, frankly, we are all early to bed, including, well, one of my kids is not, but my younger kid is. And so much so that really, when we're the hangout house, people won't leave. He's like, I want to go to bed. He's so funny about it. And and I get it because I'm wired that way. I just want to go to bed. And that's why, that is why my husband doesn't love sleepovers either. He wants to go to bed. And so he's torn between, are you supposed to be awake or how present are you supposed to be versus can I just go to bed? So I have these dueling desires. One is to go to sleep. And the other is to have a house that is just, you know, kind of a revolving door and people feel really comfortable being here and, you know, they want to hang out. And I think that for me, a sleepover is that I get to hang with the kids maybe in the evening, depending upon what they're doing. Certainly in the morning, you get to make them breakfast. There's like a whole ritual of the sleepover that I love. I love, I love my kids know I love it. And, and it's funny because it doesn't fit my personality at all. And yet I love it. You know, I also kind of fantasize about having, we grew up with no junk food in our house at all. And I know we don't use that term anymore, but it was the term used in the seventies and eighties when we were growing up. So I'm going to use it. We had no treats. We had no soda. We had nothing. And so it was so fun to go sleep at somebody else's house who had all the stuff that we weren't allowed to have in our house. And then when I had kids, I was like, oh, I want to be that house to some extent. Like I want to have like the cans of special drinks lined up in the fridge, or I want to have the like chips or the snacks or, or things like that. And, you know, sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't mostly because like, then we just eat them all the time and that doesn't make them special. But it is an interesting thing about your vision of what you're like house and family are going to be like versus like how your temperament and your partner impacts whether that actually becomes reality. Vanessa, I like sleepovers at my house so much that I go out and buy that food to lure the friends. <laughs> or like I'm telling you, because as you can imagine, my house is not a treasure trove of fun things to eat, but there's always something. There's always a few somethings that are good, but I will stock up after prom. I was the hangout house. That was very fun. I wasn't the post-prom party house. Let's be very clear. Yeah, you don't want to be that house. No, for a whole bunch of liability issues that we can get into in a separate episode. But I was the post-prom sleepover house and I went to bed. I set an alarm. I woke up before I knew they they were sort of an agreed upon time that everyone was going to be home. 
and I had waffles and I had like a whole thing. It was, it was really, I mean, my kids were amazing about it because they knew it was really my fantasy (laughs) and not not theirs, but their friends loved the waffles. Here, mom, let me give, let me give you this gift. Exactly. But let's talk now about sort of the more generalized issue around, not issue, but sort of let's cover some of the things about sleepovers that make us do an episode about sleepovers. So go, Vanessa. So one of the hard things is different families, different rules, right? the biggest. I think that's the biggest. So you might have a set of rules and expectations in your house and the kid coming to sleepover might have come from a home with completely different sets of expectations. Like everything from do you load your plate in the dishwasher to do you strip your bed in the morning to do you say please and thank you when you're being served, you know, a meal to how do you treat the family room and the blankets on the couches, all of those little things. rules, where is the phone? Right. And, you know, how late are you allowed to stay up? And, you know, yes, all, all the big things and the little things and these rules, so to speak, they really apply more on the younger end because by the time kids are in high school, two things have happened. One is that the friends have sort of sorted themselves a little bit more according to your lifestyle and my lifestyle are more in sync. So there's a little less likelihood. Sometimes I find of that dyssynchrony, especially Mm. in the the manners communication. I cannot remember through high school for either of my kids, a friend coming over who wasn't unbelievably kind, polite, warm, sweet, thoughtful, engaging, conversational. That's because that's the expected thing Mm. where in our house, like, the kids and the adults hang out and they talk and that is what my kids are drawn to, right? So those pieces feel easier as the kids get older. Now, some of the pieces feel harder as they get older. You know, there may be different rules around parties or curfews or, you know, um, how you get home, who's driving, is Uber okay? You know, so they're sort of, as we always say, bigger kids, bigger problems. But I think a lot of the issues, the struggles around sleepovers actually really peak around middle school, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing about that is for kids who are currently in middle school, they were often locked down during the pandemic and weren't sleeping at other people's houses. There's a good chance they weren't sleeping at other people's houses for a couple of years, at least a few months. And so they didn't develop some of the skills of like being in someone else's home, leaving their own home. You know, some of them have gone to sleepaway camp. Some of them have never slept away from home ever, ever, ever. And I will say, you never know who that kid is going to be. You think you know who's going to be like, oh, this is no problem. This is easy. I mean, you would imagine that my husband would have been someone who would have been no problem. And yet it was hard for him to sleep from home. But it's another reason to love the sleepover. I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to beat that drum during this episode because... (laughs) You get to know the kid in a really different way. We had a kid move in with us for two weeks during pandemic. His parents had to travel for work and they got permission and it was early COVID days. It was the summer of 2020 and he broke his arm and couldn't travel with his parents and moved into our house. I mean, you know, 12 COVID tests later, moved into our house And he stayed for two weeks 
And it was an incredible experience because we got to know him in such a meaningful way. His rhythm could not be more different from our rhythm. He would say goodnight to us at nine o'clock, laugh. And then he had five hours of, he would read, he would watch a movie, he would like make videos, he would do whatever. And he was up till one, two in the morning. And then, you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning, I would sort of go, "Mm, is he okay? I I should check on him because his rhythm was so different from ours. Everything about having him here was a pleasure. He was a great kid. Right. Different families, different rules doesn't necessarily mean it's a problem. It's just an adjustment. When I think about younger kids, so if we think about middle school kids, it would be very unlikely that I would have a middle school friend stay with me for two weeks. I think that would feel like a step too far for my orderly personality. Having said that, I did have five seventh graders sleep over the night of the Super Bowl. And very much in middle school, Vanessa. Very much in middle school. And they were adorable and lovely. And I had to suppress all of my needs for tidiness and order. And I tried to set clear expectations for their behavior, some of which were listened to and some of which were not. But when I turned to them and I said, all right, guys, it's time to clean up, you know, the next morning. And one of them had the vacuum and was vacuuming and another one was folding blankets. Like, even if that wasn't what was going on in their own homes, because I texted one of the moms and I was like, your kid is awesome at vacuuming. And she was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) They were perfectly willing to participate and help out in my house. And it's so tricky because you don't want to embarrass your kid and you don't want your kid to turn around and say, I never want to have friends over again because you were so mortifying and like you ruined it for me. And so that fine line between having boundaries and having expectations and not pissing your kid off is really, really hard. Vanessa, you have pointed out yet another plus of the sleepover. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot believe, by the way, listeners, we had no idea before we started recording this that we had such divergent views on sleepovers. I had no clue that Cara was such a passionate proponent of the sleepover. I love him. I mean, not on school nights, but but I but I love him. Here's a point you brought up. How many among us have had the experience of being on the receiving end of that phone call from the parent who says your kid is so fill in the blank, great at vacuuming, talkative, <laughs> like engaging. That's the one I get when my kid sleeps out. Like, you have the sweetest kid. He is so engaging. And I'm I'm looking around like <laughs> I mean, I adore my son. Do I have a son. third child I don't know about? I cannot express the love I have for my son, but chatty and engaging when he was in middle school would not be worse. Now I can see it now, but I think what I see now is what he gave other parents in their homes three years ago and turned out to be foreshadowing for what I was going to get, which was this really sweet, now talkative engaging kid. But those calls are everything. You're putting your kid or a kid you love into a circumstance where they can up their game, where they can prove that they're good to sleep in a place that's not their own. They know how to pick the towel up off the floor when it's not their own house. They know how to offer to do the dishes and load the dishwasher and all that. I mean, that's an awesome benefit of a sleepover. 
If you listen to enough of our episodes, you'll hear us preach the importance of air, particularly down there. Airing out body parts reduces sweatiness, stinkiness, and skin irritation. And it feels amazing to air it all out after a long day in tight, sweaty clothes. Which is why we created the Oom Short. Super soft, lightweight, with wide legs and a low crotch. All help air flow. Designed for all genders, in all sizes, literally down to kids extra small and up to men's extra large. Everyone who wears them tells us they've never been so comfy. Get your shorts at myoomla.com. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is Factors Ready to Eat Meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our Factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. (laughs) And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, magnesium breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, magnesium breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie Horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. 
Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal, and even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter, and fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. So let me throw a wrench in your enthusiasm, which is what happens if the different rules, different families chasm creates a situation where you have a kid who is sleeping at your house where the disconnect is so vast that it makes it really hard to have that child in your house. I'm not saying they're a bad child, right? We don't believe in bad children, but we do know that different kids meet different expectations and it can make it really hard to host them in your house. So what do you do then, Cara? Right. I mean, I don't know if the right phrase is Pollyanna, but I'm not going to be all Pollyanna about sleepovers. There are There is a dark side <laughs> to the sleepover, right? That can be it. Where sleepovers, they can reveal a weakness in a dynamic and suddenly a kid who your child is getting to know and we're not talking about the bestie, bestie, bestie who you've known forever and they've known, but maybe there's someone who's relatively new on the scene or who who they don't know quite as well, who comes in and at every turn, you're like, that doesn't fit with our family ethos. And there are little things. It could be, it's usually for me, it's not a manners thing because I, I, I can get past that. Usually for me, there's just sort of a... I don't know how to explain it, like a values thing that comes through where certain comments might be made or certain, and and you're like, yeah, they're little flags that as a parent are very, very clear. And if you have a kid who is the noticing type, they will often notice as the dynamic is unfolding and they become acutely aware. And it's sort of like a, a little mini earthquake in the foundation of that friendship. So sleepovers can make or not break, but sort of readjust relationships because of those things, I think. And that, you know, that that happens. I've seen it. I remember it from when I was growing up. I remember it. And it puts our kids in a tough position because it's someone who they care enough about to have come over and sleep over. And yet they know what the rules are in their own homes. And it's hard to balance kind of following the family rules and the family values and somehow like letting this other kid know or not that what's going on is actually not cool in the context of your family. There's also this sort of behind the curtain thing that happens for the kid, for your kid, where they may think they know their friend 
because they know the school persona and right. the sports persona and the after school whatever and the music whatever persona. The persona they don't know is the at home persona. And I have watched over time, I can think of at least two or three examples of watching my kids have a friend over. It might not even be for a sleepover. It might just be for a hang or play date or whatever. And I watch the wind go out of their sails as they realize, oh, I thought I knew this person and I don't exactly know this person. There's another dynamic that happens along the theme of like, how much of your family do you expose when your kid has a sleepover? And my kids will tell us like what we're allowed to wear in the morning when the kids all get up and emerge. Because as you've seen, Cara, and you commented on with Glee, I wear a nightgown and a robe. And she also carries a candle in her... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she lights the path through her house. No, she looks adorable in but I, her. I look rather 19th century. I've always worn nightgowns, mostly because you will all appreciate this on the Puberty Podcast. My mother believed that you have to air it all out down there. And therefore, she, my sister and I wore nightgowns our whole childhood and were mocked forever and ever and ever. And it continues <laughs> well into middle age by Cara. But like, I, I love know- a good nightgown, Vanessa. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It was just an amazing moment. It's the a whole thing is, We had a sleepover, Vanessa. And this is what I learned. I learned you eat ice cream out of big bowls and you wear nightgowns and robes and carry a candle. And, and carry have, a candle. And you have and a nightcap on your head. Yes, I have a, I have a little... Rollers in your hair. Yes, <laughs> oh, Jesus, no. <laughs> but my kids are like, please don't wear that in the morning. Like find something else to wear. So yeah. when I have kids sleeping over, I wear something totally different so as not to mortify them. And Roger makes sure to wear whatever would be deemed appropriate, although they always make fun of what he wears anyways. I want to get at a specific question, a great question we actually got at a puberty workshop recently from a family in LA who said to us, like, my kid wants to have co-ed sleepover. I think she was probably a fourth or fifth grader what do I do? How do I handle a co-ed sleepover? Like my partner is not comfortable with it. I'm sort of on the fence about it. My kid really wants it. So let's talk through that scenario a little bit. You might find this surprising. This whole conversation is going to surprise you. Cara's about to reveal a whole new side of herself. (laughs) I have never understood the objection to co-ed sleepovers. Now, maybe that's because I... I'm one of four kids and my three siblings are brothers. My whole life is a co-ed sleepover. You know, I I just, to me, I intellectually understood that there was a sort of a, a sexualization question under like, right? Like that's the issue, the concern about some sort of sexual dynamic or something like, but it's, it doesn't make sense to me. Co-ed friendships are so important. They're as important, like gender doesn't matter in friendship. So the gender of the person who you feel connected to can and should be maybe the same as yours, maybe different. Maybe there's a smattering of, right, the world thrives on people who are connected around lots of different features. One of them is we have the same gender and one of them is we have different genders and different philosophies and different perspectives. And and both of those elements are Great. So I never really understood why we would demonize co-ed sleepovers when there's something beautiful about a co-ed friendship. And now as time has moved on, 
I have come to be even more confused by the opposition to co-ed sleepovers because we are in a wonderful place in our world where there is growing wide acceptance of all sorts of sexual orientations. So help me to understand when we don't know the sexual orientation of a kid, why we say you can't have a co-ed sleepover, maybe the opposite sex holds no interest to them. Maybe the sexualized scenario is same sex. So it really has confused me. And sending a kid to college this year, I found myself asking all the same questions about roommates. I was thinking all these same rules that we apply to sleepovers in growing up, we apply to roommates in college. And it's it's very interesting. It feels old to me. It feels dated to me. To play the devil's advocate, I do think there are people who come from certain cultures and certain places in the world where it just is not okay, right? For kids of different genders to have a sleepover together. They may have grown up with very clear gender boundaries. They may have a religion that has very strict gender boundaries, right? There's a lot of different reasons why it might feel really uncomfortable for a given adult. But one thing that I like to think about is like, who are your kids' closest friends? And in late grade school and sometimes even into middle school, those closest friends are kids of other genders and they're drawn to each other because of their interests. And if their interests connect them and they, you know, their passions fuel their closeness with each other, it's very hard to say, oh, well, because your your closest friends are of another gender, but we don't allow, you know, co-ed sleepovers. I'm sorry, you can't have sleepovers with your friends. However, I think it's important to acknowledge your own worries, discomfort, filters that are coming into your reactions about this, right? You can say, hey, I didn't grow up in a time when people had co-ed sleepovers. I grew up in a time, it was very different, or I didn't grow up in a home, or I didn't grow up in a community. Like You can name what's informing your position on something, and then you can ask your kid, like, make the case for me, explain it to me. Why does this feel important to you? I'm willing to revisit my discomfort in order to hear from you why this feels really important. And by the way, this tool, this mechanism applies to anything you're going to deal with, with your kids, where they want to do something and you're feeling uncomfortable about it. I have two caveats to that in two totally different directions. The first is that the reverse is also very true, which is having same-sex sleepovers is a bonding experience when there is a moment in time during that sleepover where, I mean, think back, how many sleepovers can you close your eyes right now and picture from growing up and there was a moment, there was something hysterically funny, there was something crazy, there was something scary. It's bonding. And I grant you that it's probably cultural more than anything, but that bonding moment probably has nothing to do with gender. That bonding moment is really special. Well, and I got an email from a family who did a puberty workshop now many, many years ago. And the daughter had a sleepover and one of her friends got her period for the first time at the sleepover. And she pulled out her period pack and showed her friend how to use a pad. And it was like, as you say, it was this like wonderful situation. And 
maybe that wouldn't have happened. Probably that wouldn't have happened had there been, you know. It's not to say that co-ed situations don't allow for that, but it's just, there's a beautiful moment. The other caveat that I want to add is that as kids get older, there may be a need for co-ed sleepovers in a way that there wasn't when they were younger. So for instance, let's say you have a kid who is over at your house and the night is late and, you know, they watched a movie or they did whatever and they don't have a way home and they are going to be getting into an Uber alone late at night to go home from your house or you need to drive them. I mean, you you could drive them, right? But like there's safety issues where, and this comes up over and over, you can come up with dozens of scenarios where as kids get older, there are sometimes safety issues where the safest thing to do sometimes is to say, you know what, stay put. In the light of day, we'll get you there. And if they can't do that because their reproductive organs are different from your kids' reproductive organs, it feels a little rigid. And, you know, sleepovers can happen, you know, depending upon how the house sets up in different rooms, in different, there's lots of ways to orchestrate how a sleepover goes. But I think as kids get older, giving permission for the rules to soften is actually a very important thing. Again, it doesn't demonize the bonding with someone independent of their gender. And one last point for those of you whose kids don't want to have sleepovers and don't want to sleep out and don't want to host people at your house, that is fine. It is fine. Our husbands would say that's brilliant. Our husbands live their lives that way (laughs) to this very day. It doesn't mean they won't be able to go to camp. It doesn't mean they won't be able to go to college. Psychologists will tell you they're actually very different things, sleepovers versus going away from home for various things. My oldest went away to sleepaway camp, basically never having had a sleepover, and he was great. So listening to your kid's temperament, hearing your kid's preferences is really important, and they're going to be just fine even if they don't want to have sleepovers. That's right. Send us your stories. Send us your questions. We're here for all of it because it's a small topic with a lot, a lot of feelings. Bye, Vanessa. Bye, Cara. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us anywhere you get your podcasts or check out our Instagram at The Puberty Podcast. If you have questions or stories to share, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. And for more puberty info, check out myoomla.com or dynamogirl.com. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.